You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to listen to us through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Follow us on your favorite service to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check us out on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com to find out more about what PCLV is all about. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. Afternoon, amen, as we just cross the afternoon mark. Get you out here, amen, and rest it up. Praise the Lord. It's good to see everyone in the house of God. And so I I encourage you, if if you haven't already, take time off to be here. Then you can be here Saturday morning. You don't want to miss the Saturday morning sessions. You don't want to miss Saturday night. Uh, Keynote speakers, Pastor Joe, during this conference, he's a great, great friend of ours, amen. Uh, Him and Becky will be with us, amen, and you're going to be blessed, amen. And so we're just going to enjoy this time. Uh, we got our sister church joining us, amen. Pastor Sonny and Michelle Regenerate will be with us on Friday and Saturday. Uh, we have Albuquerque driving down. They're bringing like 15 people from Albuquerque. And so that, that's, that's a blessing, amen. And then some people from Santa Ana are coming. And then we'll just see who else shows up or who else you invite, amen, that we can pack out this house and we're just going to have a great, great time. So a week from today, amen, I'll be up here and I'll be closing off our conference, The Voice, amen, and, and I decided to close off our conference, amen, and hopefully it starts a domino effect, amen, of, of me closing the conference and hopefully start planning some churches in the, in the future and the next conferences to come, and so uh, I'm excited for that, amen, I know the Lord's going to minister to us, so I want you guys, like I said, to rest up and so that we can be here Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday night, and then, of course, Sunday morning, amen, uh, so come rest it, no service, amen, so please Stay home. We'll have a note out there just in case you forgot, but we'll have it on Facebook to make sure everything. We're also going to have on Facebook everything. We'll do some speakers on there, amen, with some time frames and things like that. Let you know what's going on during the week. That way you come ready to receive. Somebody say, I want to receive. I don't know about you, but this is what we come for conferences, as Brother Derek was saying. We want to receive something. We want something to impart in us. It's not just a, a gathering of three days. It's something imparted inside of us that's going to help you as a woman of God, it's going to help you as a man of God to just see what God has for us, amen. And so come open to receive, amen, that you can hear his voice during our conference so that we can go forward, amen, like I said, as a church or individually, what God has for us. I think key moments like this, like conferences or, 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 or uh, revivals and things like that, how I many know that those are sometimes those are some, maybe some key moments or, or some Really an important time in your life that just sets you on course. You know, it was in conferences that God has spoken to me and probably why some of the reasons why I'm here today is because those kind of things were just important in my life that pointed me to the right direction or, or, or pointed me to go where God wanted me to go. And so I think it's very important. If you come in with that attitude, then, then, then who knows what God would do or what God is going to impart in you that's going to help you in your future. Amen. And so that, that's what we're here is to get direction. How many want direction? Come on, clarity. And we, we want some direction, some clarity, and we want some things to be done in our lives. And so we want to move forward in God. And so these kind of things are the things that set us 
on our course, amen. And so uh, we want to move forward. We want to do some things. But I believe that we need to take inventory uh, within our lives to see what stops us, amen. Um, you know, there, there's things within us that stop us from going further, amen. There's things within us that sometimes we don't even know that there's things inside of us that are, that are, are, are hindering us from going forward in, in our things in life. And so they stop us, amen, from hearing his voice at times, amen. And so I believe that these anchors, and I'm going to call them anchors, amen, become anchors in our lives, amen, that, 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 that we're, like I said, we're not even aware of sometimes that hold us back and stop us from trusting God. Can I get an amen out there? You know, these are things, amen, you know what, every time it's boom, it's just, it's just as far as that we can go. You know, it's just an anchor. We, we cannot go any further because of these things in our lives that become anchors. And so I want to hit on an anchor that we all deal with at one time or another in our lives. And one of this, probably one of the hardest ones to let go because it carries a lot of deep hidden wounds. It carries a lot of hurt, amen, but it must be removed or otherwise you'll be stuck in your walk in Christianity. I'm not saying that if you don't remove this anchor, amen, that you may, you'll, you're not going to heaven, amen. So don't, don't, don't get that in your mind, amen. But these are sometimes anchors that, that can stop you from going further in the things of God or, or further into some freedom in God, amen. And so these, these anchors sometimes stop us and remove uh, those things that, that God wants for us, amen. And you'll get stuck. You'll become a bitter Christian, a resentment Christian. And, I, and I say, I'm saying Christian because I'm saying that it does not take you out of heaven, but it makes it a hard time or a hard process to get there. Can somebody say amen? So I want to minister on the subject of unforgiveness. God wants to free us today, amen, that you can be ready to hear his voice this coming up weekend, amen, that you can go forward but I believe that this is one anchor that stops us from going forward in God. And so for some of us here today, uh, maybe we're dealing with this today, but God wants to free you today that God can minister to you this upcoming weekend. Amen. How many can testify that it's not easy to forgive? Come on. Come on. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. It's not easy to forgive. It's not easy to let go. It is our, it's not natural for our flesh to forgive. It fights against our flesh. It does not want to say, it does not want to forgive. Come on, somebody say hello. Come on, there's things with us. Come on, we don't like to forgive. It, is, it comes against our nature. It wants to hold on. It wants to get even. Come on, somebody. It wants to hit back, amen. And so what it does, it becomes an anchor in your life. God wants to take you forward. He wants you to sail ahead. But this anchor of unforgiveness holds you back and it stops you from going forward. I've seen so many people, God is moving, amen. And all of a sudden, you know what? They get, their, they get in their boats, they're putting up their, 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 their sail up, amen. And they're about to sail off, amen. And all of a sudden, boom, it just stops. This is as far as they can go, amen. You know, this is as far as it is. And, and the, the length of the, of, the, of the chain, amen, can, can get you where you think, man, it's not in your life anymore. You think, man, you're sailing, you're, you're having a good guy, God's moving in your life a little bit, amen, but God wants to take you a little further, and so you try to sail out, and, and, it, and it's reminded there's unforgiveness. 
You're, you're, you're still hurt. There, there's still some deep wounds inside your life. And so this, this sometimes can stop you from going forward, further with God because you got to understand, because forgiveness, you got to understand, requires the supernatural. Let me say that again. Forgiveness requires the supernatural. It requires humility. It requires grace. It requires self-sacrifice. And without God, people, amen, without the Holy Spirit, it is very hard to forgive. Without Jesus, it is impossible to truly forgive. We, when we truly understand how much he has forgiven us, we're singing that song, amen. You know, you, know, you don't even know the cost. We don't even realize what he's really done for us, amen, on, on the cross of Calvary, how much it costs him, amen. You really don't understand it, but do, do you start to understand that? You understand the cross of Calvary. You understand that then you can try, truly forgive other people of how much he's forgiven us. Matthew chapter 26, 41 says, watch and pray. So that you don't fall into temptation. The spirit, the supernatural is willing. Come on. But the flesh, the natural is weak. Come on. Uh, come on. The spirit is willing. In your mind. Amen. Uh, you want to do it. Come on, in your mind, you know what you need to do. The supernatural is willing. Amen. Uh, but the flesh is weak. We, we, we want to do the right thing, uh, but our flesh takes over and is weak and it does the wrong thing. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8 says, Blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they shall see God. You see, according to this beatitude, there are things that can stop you and I from seeing God. Come on. Listen, you may never see a, a mighty move of God in your life till you let these offenses go, until you start to cut off the anchor of unforgiveness and simply let it go. Come on, somebody say, let it go. And this morning, I want to minister a message entitled, Let It Go. Let it go. To illustrate on on. on Forgiveness, I've chosen one of the best examples in the Bible, a man by the name of Joseph. See, Joseph was tested in the area of forgiveness, and he came out the other end victorious and gracious. If you know the story of Joseph, amen, uh, come on, Joseph had a dream. Come on, it was a dream from God. This was a God dream, amen. Uh, come on, that he was going to be someone great. But his brothers became very jealous. And even try, uh, come on, they, they became uh, Joseph's dream killers. And they threw him into a pit, and then he was sold into slavery. Come on, you ever been thrown under the bus by someone you thought that you thought loved you? Come on. This, this is Joseph here, amen. This is his own brothers, amen. Uh, they become jealous, amen. Uh, they throw him into a pit. They sell him into slavery. Yet in all that, Joseph was able to say in Genesis chapter 50, Verse 20, you indeed, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for the good to accomplish what is now being 
done, amen. I mean, what a great attitude Joseph had, amen. What a great perspective, what a great insight, amen, that no matter what you have said, no matter what you have done in my life, amen, my God has the final word, amen. I don't care what's coming against me. I don't know what, I don't care what you have said or what you've done to me, amen. My God has the final word, amen, because my God has a greater plan for my life. If we are to forgive and let go, then we must not focus on the attack. We must not fall into revenge or allow this anchor of unforgiveness in our lives because of someone or something that has attacked us in one way or another. Listen, God wants to bless you. Come on, I don't care where you're at today. I don't care what kind of things you're going through or what kind of situations you're facing or, or how you're feeling. Uh, come on, that is not the final answer. That is not the final of God in your life. God wants to bless you, amen. Uh, God wants to set you free. Uh, you got to understand that today. Uh, but to enjoy the blessings of God, uh, if we hold on to unforgiveness in our heart, it will rip that off. We need to quit worshiping other people's opinions about you. Come on, as though they hold your future and your destiny. It doesn't matter what they said or what they have done, amen, when God is ready to getting ready to bless you, none of that really matters, church. Listen, it's not about what people say to you that matters. It's who God says you are. Come on, somebody. Come on, uh, you got to view yourself. You got to make yourself different, amen. Uh, it's all about how you view yourself. Uh, if you start speaking good things over you, then good things come out. Can somebody say amen? You got to view yourself as an overcomer, amen. And when you do, guess what? You're an overcomer, amen. But, but if others are saying you're a loser, amen, uh, you'll never be anyone, and you start to worship that opinion uh, of that person or those people, amen, then you will become a loser. How many seen the movie Invincible? What a great movie, amen. From Disney, amen. Vince Papelli, amen. Here he is, a walk-on, amen, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Great movie, amen. Uh, here's a man, amen, who is going against all odds, makes the final cuts. He doesn't go to college football, doesn't play anything, walks on, amen, on this walk-on tryouts that this new coach does and makes the team. But Vince Parpali held on to a note that became an anchor in his life, an anchor of bitterness and anger and unforgiveness. And the note read like this, Vince, you'll never go anywhere. You'll never make any money. You'll never make a name for yourself. This was written by his wife. And as you look at the movie, he held on to this note, amen, everywhere he went, this note followed him, and, and he would read it every single time, and he started to believe that he'll be a nobody. He started to believe that he'll never do anything in his life. And he worshiped the opinion of a wife that was no longer in his life. She walked out on him. Yet she held, this is the last thing that she left him, and he held on to it throughout the movie. And he was having a rough time, even though he made the cut. Now this note's eating him up. And now he's becoming the nobody that the note says. 
It stopped him from the potential. He had potential. He beat out people that had that been in the NFL for years, amen, and beats them out, out of a nobody, but starts to believe that he is that nobody. Even the coach during the part of the movie said, you know what, you let me down. I took a chance on you, and you proved me wrong, saying you really are a nobody. But it came to a part in the movie that he came to a point in his life to, to decide to let it go. Come on, he goes into this, their first game of the season, amen, and he's like this, and it's bothering him. And, and uh, he, he always read it in his locker room and kept it there, and he would read it before he went out to practice. But this last time he goes, and all the team is going out, amen, and he goes back to, the, to where he hid that note. He looks at it and reads it like he normally would read it every time during out, throughout that movie, amen. He would go, and this time he looked at it, and he tore it up. He says, you know what, I need to let this go. And that day, amen, he scores a touchdown, amen. He sails uh, to the goal line, amen, and he starts to go forward, forward in the things in his career, amen, and that was his first touchdown in his NFL career because he simply forgave and let go and says, I'm not a nobody. I'm a somebody. Come on, you got to believe that you're somebody. Look at somebody say, you're somebody. Come on, look at somebody else and say, let it go. You have to let these things go, church. Remember when Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say I am? And they responded, well, they say, some of, you, some of them say that you're this, and some of them say that you're that. Some say that you're a prophet, that you're a teacher. But Jesus says, I'm not asking them, who do you say I am? And Peter responded, I know who you are. You're, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. See, Jesus commends Peter, amen, for his response. And he says, you know what? Flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. What he was telling Peter, amen, Peter, you get it, amen. Peter, you got it. My Father, the Holy Spirit has shown you who I am. And Jesus goes on to tell him, upon this rock, Peter, he was talking to Peter now, Peter that blew everything, Peter that put his foot in his mouth. He said, Peter, now he's telling him who you are. He goes, Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell cannot and will not prevail against it. He was telling him, you know who I am? Now you got to recognize who you are, amen. You're the rock, Peter. I'm going to use you to build my church, amen. And all hell is going to come against it, but it's going to stand. It will not prevail because, Peter, you're the rock. Some of you guys got to understand, you're the rock. Come on, don't look at anything else. you got to look at yourself better than what you think you are. Listen, what they say, the outsiders, uh, in the father, family, those are there, you know what, not even saved in your family, the co-workers and friends, uh, even, listen, even though, even people in church, or anyone that mocks you of your faith, it really doesn't matter what they say, it matters what God says, amen. It says who you are, and it tells you who he is, and tells you this is who you are. See, when you start to understand God and when you understand the cross and you understand everything that he is and who he is to you, if you call him Savior, you call him Messiah, you call him your healer, your everything, amen, then you're going to have to survive any attack, amen, by anybody at any time once you believe that he is your God. 
When you believe that, church, it doesn't matter what comes at you. You'll be able to go through anything. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what they do. All that matters is who he is and who you are in him. See, as I look a little closer at Joseph's life, I see a man here, in my opinion, that has developed a master's degree in forgiveness. His brothers are jealous of him. They throw him in a pit. Then they sell him into slavery. He ends up in Potiphar's house as a servant. Potiphar's wife lies about him, falsely accuses him of rape. Can I tell you something? Sometimes you don't have to do anything wrong for people to lie about you. Come on. People will lie about you even when you're doing good. Come on, here, here's, a, here's a man, amen, that's doing simply uh, what he needs to do. He's being a man of God. He's doing nothing wrong here, amen. He gets falsely accused of rape. Come on, he's right on track. He's doing the right things. You could be doing the same thing and something can, be happen, something can happen to you. It could be simply an attack of Satan trying to disqualify you. So the wife goes on to tell Potiphar's, wife, uh, Potiphar's husband, you know what, uh, Joseph, he tried to rape me. You got to understand what happened there. It was after Joseph had told her, no, I'm not going to lay with you. I'm not going to go sleep with you. You have to understand, Joseph's a very good-looking guy. He's a, he's a very handsome man, the Bible says. And she made advances. He saw this in him. He said, come lay with me. He says, no, no, no. Each time we'll say no. And she came to a point, you know what, and commanded him to lay with her. And she says, no, how can I do such a thing against Potiphar and sin against my God? So after being rejected, she tells her husband, she became so mad, this guy tried to rape me. And because of the lie, Joseph ends up in prison. I mean, at that time, you can probably think, God, I've been doing everything right. From here, 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 why am I here? You ever done that? You're doing the right thing, amen. You're doing what God's telling you to do. You're going to church. You're being faithful. You're being faithful in your ties. You're trying to serve in ministry. You're doing all this stuff, amen. And then after all that, you end up in jail. I mean, I can just think what, what, what's going through Joseph's mind. Say, man, God, what, what's going on here? But it did not. Joseph didn't have that attitude. He didn't stop serving God. It, it did not stop the anointing. He did not allow it to become an anchor. He simply let it go. Tell your neighbor, let it go. You got to let it go. On top of that, he's in prison, and what does Joseph do? Does he become bitter? He's helping, he starts helping other prisoners. He starts helping outside people. He starts helping them, uh, and it's doing this instead of building resentment and building uh, uh, bitterness, amen. He let it go, and, and he's helping people. He's, he's working in their lives, amen, and he's telling, you know what, do me a favor. When you get out, can, can, can you just drop a good word for me that I can get out of here? That's all he wanted, amen. He did all these things. And when they got up, what, guess what happened? They all forgot. They all forgot about Joseph. They all forgot the help that Joseph gave him. Gave them, amen. Here Joseph could have got angry. 
Here Joseph could have started building resentment, amen, and let unforgiveness come inside him, but he simply again let it go. See, if you allow these people to affect you to a point where you start to harbor bitterness and unforgiveness, let me tell you, church, you'll be the one that stays in prison while the others move on. Come on. You're the one that will be in prison through that. Here he is. He's still in prison, church, but he simply let them go. They're, they're out, and they forgot what he'd done for them. But Joseph, if you read the story, uh, survives all that he went through. And then God raised him up. God remembered him. God delivered him and brought him out of prison. Let me tell you, church, people may have forgotten you and what you have did for them. But my God will never forget you, church. He'll always have his eye on you. He'll always remember you as long as you stay faithful and let things go. Listen, some of you here today, I'm here to let you know that God has not forgotten you. I'm here to let you know that, you know what, he sees you, uh, and he sees where you're at, uh, and he's heard your cries today, amen. Uh, but God is about to raise you up, amen. Uh, God is about to show up uh, and show out, amen. Uh, God is about to show you that, that no weapon formed against you, church, uh, will prosper. Come on, you may feel attacked. You may feel that you're in prison. You may feel chained up in your situation. But God is about to do something inside your life, amen, if you simply hold on to God. See, if you carry unforgiveness inside of you, what you are truly saying, that the devil's weapons are stronger and can prosper against you. That is stronger than the lie that lies within you, the power that lies within you, church. Uh, come on, if God be for us, uh, if God is in us, uh, no one can come against us, church. Uh, you got to hold on to God's promises, amen. Uh, come on, hold on, amen, uh, because God is about to do something inside your life. This Wednesday, this weekend that's coming up, you don't even know what God's going to do. Come on, but if you come in and you can say, man, I'm going to take rid of these, get rid of these anchors, get rid of these things that are holding me back, get rid of the lies or the opinions of other people, amen, and I'm not going to hold anything against them. I'm going to simply let them go because I want to receive what God has for me. I want the blessings of God. I want God to move. I'm here to let you know God's going to show up and show out, amen. God is going to raise something inside of you, and he's going to bless you. See, if we fast forward, we see that God brings Joseph out of prison. He's put in, in command. He's ruler of all Egypt, second in command behind Potiphar. You read the story and he's prospering. He got a home, amen. He's blessed. He's now married, has children. God, he's moving on in his life. He didn't let those things, uh, what his brothers did. He didn't let all those things that happened in prison, uh, the accused rape charge, uh, all this stuff, amen. He didn't let it affect him. He let all of them go. And now God's blessing this man. In Genesis chapter 41, 50 to 51 says this. Before the years of the famine came, two sons were born to Joseph. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh. And he said, it's because God has made me forget all my troubles in all my father's household. 
See, you got to understand the names were very important in the Old Testament. Your name made a statement. Your name made a declaration. In verse 51 it says, and Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh. Why Manasseh? Because the name Manasseh in the Hebrew means this, causing to forget. The text says, for God has made me forget all my troubles and all my father's household. Listen, God made him forget what his family done to him. And God helped Joseph let it go. God helped Joseph not let bitterness or resentment build into his spirit. He simply let it go, amen. Joseph said, you know what, I'm naming my first baby Manasseh because I, I want the devil to know uh, that I have forgotten about my past. Uh, I've let go of my troubles. Uh, I cut off the anchor of unforgiveness. Uh, I'm not going to let it hold me down, uh, hold me back anymore, amen. I have released it. Verse 52 says, the second son he named Ephraim. He said, because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. Another translation means the land of my affliction. Joseph said here, you know what? I'm going to name my second son who was born Ephraim. Because even though I had a rough life. Come on, even though I faced some hard troubles. Uh, come on, even though I went through some storms and to some battles, amen. Uh, even though, man, uh, my life has not been handed to me, amen. Uh, even though, amen, uh, I've been locked up and falsely accused. Uh, even though I'm going through, am I talking to anyone in this house, amen. Even though I've had a rough life in my life and gone through some situations, uh, abandoned by my family, uh, all these things. He says, you know what, I still got a heavenly blessing from my God. Come on, Joseph's life is like our life. Come on, some of us, we have gone through some rough things in our life. Some of us, we've been falsely accused of things. Some of us have been in prison. Come on, some of us for right reasons, amen. For some of us, amen, we, we were, not, were at the wrong place at the wrong time. Some of us, amen, man, we just got handed trouble after trouble. You see, man, blessings never fall my way. You ever felt like that? Man, it's like, man, why can't I be blessed? Why can't I be like so-and-so or sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so? Man, they, man, they seem, man, man, how come that doesn't happen to me? You ever felt like that? Like, man, everyone else is getting blessed except me. Everyone else's prayers are being answered except mine. Come on, everyone's getting the job except me. Come on, we go through these things. Come on, don't look at me all like this. Come on, all of us, amen, we go through these things. Hello? We're thinking, what the heck's going on? I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do the right thing, amen. And it seems like nothing falls my way. Joseph said, man, uh, I'm going to name my second son uh, Ephraim, amen, because you know what? I've gone through some hard times. I, I've gone through the situations, but you know what? I still got my blessing, amen, uh, because you know what? I've gone through those things and I held on. Uh, I trusted God. Uh, I did not give up, amen. Uh, I kept holding on to the promises and simply doing what I need to do. The name Ephraim in Hebrew means, I shall be blessed indeed. Indeed. That means for sure. Hallelujah. That means it's, it's going to happen. Come on, it's not, it's not it, you might get blessed. No, you will be blessed. You got to understand that blessings are on your way. You will be blessed. God wants to bless you. 
Come on, somebody say, I receive it. Come on, you got, you got to say, God's going to bless you. In the midst of your affliction, you got to believe that God wants to bless you. In the midst of your trial, you got to believe that God wants to bless you. In the midst of your hard situation or circumstance, God wants to bless you. In the midst of your sickness, God wants to bless you. Come on. He wants to bless you, church. In the midst of those afflictions. What's Joseph saying to you? To, to you, us, you, us. <laughs> what the heck is that? Amen. That's Hebrew, amen, for all of us, you all. <laughs> What's Joseph saying to us today? That every time you read about his sons, that every time you read about his testimony, that it be a testimony of the fact that God has helped me to forget about all my troubles and all of my afflictions. Every time you read about his son Ephraim, uh, come on, it's because uh, I have forgiven those who have pers persecuted me, and I shall be blessed indeed. Manasseh, I have forgotten. I have forgiven. I've let go. Ephraim, I shall be blessed indeed. What people have done to me, church, it does not matter. If I would only... And if you would only forgive, God will lead us into freedom and to greatness. Sometimes it's the person that's not even in your life anymore, who's not even around and is still an anchor in your life. Sometimes this person is even dead and is still an anchor in your life because of unforgiveness and bitterness. It can be a dad, it can be a mom, it can be a family member. It can be someone that's not even involved in your life anymore, yet you still involve them by that anchor. You're still involved by that affliction. So you can't go any further. You say, man, I, I thought I forgot. I thought I forgiven, but you truly haven't. You realize you're trying to figure out what's going on in your life, and you realize it's unforgiveness. God wants to set you free and sail along with God and move forward. And, man, and it's this one thing in your life that you have really never truly spoken out and say, I forgive you. You're still holding on to them, thinking that we're giving, we're punishing them. That we're, that we, you know, yeah, if I hold this against them, yeah, yeah. You could probably have a little doll so you can do all this that you want. It's not going to work, Amen. Get so desperate for voodoo or whatever it is, amen. Let them feel this. Come on, why? Because of some forgiveness. We're holding on to them. We're holding on. We're keeping them prisoner. In reality, you're the one that's in prison. They're moving on. They're at Disneyland. <laughs> they're having a great time. And they forgot about you. <laughs> they don't, they're, they're not even thinking about you. They're not even thinking of the offense they said to you. But yet you are harboring. I'm going to let this person go. Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to take it to my grave. And you wonder why people grow old and bitter. And one of the number one causes of bitterness and oldness and sickness for people is unforgiveness. It's unforgiveness. Unforgiveness makes you sick. Unforgiveness 
it just, it, it eats your life, man. You ever seen just old, bitter people? Ah, they don't trust no one. All they have is a dog and cats. If you're a dog and cat person, I'm not talking to you, man. <laughs> but that's what it is. They don't want no friends. They don't want nobody to hurt them. So they get these pets as their people. Fluffy would never hurt me. <laughs> she don't talk back to me. They don't do nothing. All they need is a little scratch, a little feed them. They're, they're, they're good. Stop feeding Fluffy and see what happens. <laughs> Church, if we can simply forgive, we can discover freedom. If we simply let it go, move on, forgive, and cut the anchor, then we can start to go sailing with God to greater places, church. God wants to take us to some great adventures. Man, I'm, it's an adventure with God. It's not supposed to be in bitterness and resentment. It's not supposed to be like, man, it, it, like, it, like it sucks to serve God. It shouldn't be that way. Like, oh, man, i got to go to church. Ah, man, stay home then. <laughs> Come on, oh, what? Oh, my turn with the kids. Ah, uh. What is that? Come on. You never know how much it costs. We forget about the cost. We forget about freedom, what he's done for us. Yet we don't want to let go. And we, we, we have this, this bad attitude of a great God that set us free and forgave us of all our sins. That we should be happy. We should be glad. I like the scripture. I, I, glad, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I came running. Come on, I come rejoicing. And we should come in with excitement. Come on. Come on, if your life is going through things, guess what? Everyone's going through things. Don't focus on the attack. Don't fo focus on God. Focus on the one that's going to deliver you, the one that wants to bless you, amen, because that can become a very anchor in your life that stops you sailing. And all you're going to do is be anchored to your seat, not going anywhere with God. Let me tell you, serving God in that way is no fun at all, church. And I'm not trying to disregard any type of emotion or things that you're going through, but you're going to have to grab a hold and say, God, you paid the ultimate price for me. God, why, you know what, why am, I, why am I going through this? God, you got to help me through. I'm pretty sure Joseph didn't just simply let it go. I'm pretty sure he, he has his moments with God. But he trusted in his God. You can have your moments with God, church. He'll let you cough it all up, put it all on the table, but then he'll be a God that will pick it up and says, okay, boy, let's go. Come on. Come on. I've sat through times and moments where I spilled my guts in front of God. And after I was done, he said, you done, son? Yeah. You ready? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's do this. What am I crying for? What am I, when I start looking back of all that he's done, I have no complaints. He's already done enough already. The cross was really enough. I'm out of hell. <laughs> Man, I'm out of hell. I'm not going to heaven. I don't care if I have a new car. I'm not going to hell. Rather have, I'd rather not have a car, amen, go to, go to, go to heaven than be in my car and go to hell. 
Come on. I, I, guys, we, 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 we complain over some pity stuff sometimes. And God is trying to help us. Why? Because of the flesh. The flesh is weak. The spirit is willing. Come on, Saturday night you're willing to go. Sunday morning, I don't want to go. The flesh kicks in. Well, come on, oh, it's a rainy day. I'm staying home today. I'm going to make some hot cocoa, amen, and just relax. Watch football, Jesus. My team's playing, and it's televised. <laughs> Come on, we start singing our blues song, amen. Come on, but we sing our same songs when we're going through our troubles. Lord, I have troubles. Lord, I'm going through this. Oh, why is she doing that to me now? Why is he doing that to me? And we start complaining, church, instead of focusing on the blessing. We're great singers in our mornings, church. Come on, the choir breaks out, amen, right behind her. Yeah, she's having a rough time. Yeah, sing it. Everybody's agreeing with you. The world's agreeing with you. But what you're showing is your God's not big enough for you and your problems. Don't show the world that. Don't display it on Facebook that. Come on. My God is good. And he's faithful. Hold on, just like Joseph hold, held on, affliction after affliction, uh, accusation, uh, all this stuff, uh, even people forgetting about him. Uh, he done all this stuff, and he let none of, that, none of that hold him back. He simply kept cutting it off, letting it go. I'm not going to let it be an anchor because God gave me a dream, and I'm going to hold on to my dream. God spoke over me. God prophesied over me. I'm going to hold on to that. God said, he's going to do something in my life. I'm going to hold on to that. Let me tell you, man, I, I held on when God said, I'm going to put your life back together, son. I'm going to fix your marriage. I'm going, to do, I'm, going to, I'm going to deliver you from alcohol. I'm going to do all these things. Hold on. Don't be, let it become an anchor. Don't look at the past. Cut all those anchors off. Let's go sailing, boy. Let's go forward. I'm going to do that. And even though I was sailing, I didn't see all that. All that he told me, it wasn't being fixed. It took years and years. I'm like, God, what's going on here? Nothing's changing. Keep your eye on the prize, church. Just keep sailing. Keep trusting. And boom, blessing came. Boom. Boom. Everywhere, boom. Oh, boom. Boom. I'm telling you, you was booming. All, you're dropping bombs all over me. Blessings after blessings, amen. Because I held on. I held on. God has, I'm a blessed man. I can stand here and tell, I'm a blessed man, devil. You want to take me out? Look what God has done. You're so dumb. <laughs> Boom. I learned how to fight the devil. I learned how to take him out. close today. I want you to leave here pregnant with two babies. I want you to take two babies home with you. Two babies. Everyone's taking two babies home. I want you to leave with Manasseh. I want you to leave with Manasseh. I want you to leave with Ephraim today. God wants all of us to birth Manasseh. 
God wants all of us here to say, you know what, I have forgotten, I have forgiven, and I have let the offenses against me go. Amen. Come on, you gotta, you're going to have to do that. God wants you to leave with Manasseh today. God wants you to leave and birth Ephraim, amen. God, you indeed will bless me. God, you will bless me in the land of my affliction. No matter what trouble I've gone through, God, you will bless me, amen. Come on, some of you here need to forgive that person, amen. Let go of that incident. Maybe the Holy Spirit is showing you that person right now. Maybe that person's in this room, amen. Maybe that person is you. Some of you here need to forgive yourself. We're our worst critic. Come on, we don't let offenses of things that we've done, the dumb things that we have done, we're holding on and we're punishing ourselves when God has forgiven you. God's saying forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. You can't change it. What's happened is happened, amen. Now, come on, let it Go, let it go in for yourself that you can walk into freedom, amen. Stop punishing yourself. God has forgiven you. Forgive yourself. It doesn't matter anymore, church. You have to come to a point in your life, it doesn't matter of the opinions of what people have said to me or said about me. No, the truth changes them, but I'm not going to let them dictate my life and my future. Because if you don't, you'll never walk in total freedom. You need to leave here and say, today, I'm going to let nothing hold me back. Today, there will no longer be an anchor for me. I'm going to go on with my life. I'm letting it go. I'm going to move on and enjoy life. I'm going to move on and smile. Some of you guys haven't smiled and laughed for a long time. Because all this all, you say, yeah. <laughs> you know. Walk around. Blessed the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. Life's great. Come on, some of us, we've got to start to laugh again. I want, during the conference, I went to the fellowship. Man, fellowship. Scrape up some money, man. Go hit the dollar menu with some friends. Boom. Fellowship. Come on, don't have to be steak and all this other stuff, man. It can just be simply a bag of fries. Hallelujah. Come on. A 7-Eleven hot dog. Hallelujah. Boom. You can put all the works there, man. Chili, everything's free there, amen. <laughs> it's not good for you, but it's, it's, hey, go for it. Let Jesus cover the calories. Pray for the calories. Pray for all that bad stuff to get out of me. You got to let it go, church. You may not feel like it, but you got to let it go. I know the devil doesn't want you to, but you got to forgive. I want God's blessing on my life. I, want to, I need that in my life, so I need to forgive, and I need to let it go. You have to say that, and you got to take with you Manasseh and Ephraim with you and say, you know what, to remind you that God wants to bless you, and God has helped you to forgive and let go. Psalms 124.7 says, we have escaped 
like a bird in a, in a hunter's trap. The trap is broken, and now we are free. Let's get free, church. Let's fly like the, how God intended us to fly, not with limitations. Man, we want to fly, we're just limited. We're just flying around with Christians are like that. We want to explore it. I want to see all the blessings of God that we're holding on to. I created you for much more than that. And I know that there's some things that are true, and there's some things out there that, that affect us. Depression, oppression, all those stuff are real things, but God can cut oppression. God can cut depression. God can set you free, church. You can fly and sail. Don't let it become an anchor. Come on. Work at it and let that anchor bust it loose. You got to get radical. Say, I will not be that. Break that thing. Get crazy. Come on. I know that some of you guys in back in the day, man, you handled you handle your situation, what, slugging walls? People. Anybody, you just go slug the devil. You know how to slug, slug the devil, cut, get radical. Do it for freedom. Don't accept it. Okay, I got this in my life. God help me to deal with it. But God, at some point in my life, I need that anchor cut. But until you say it, that's when you're free. Because my God can do it. <laughs> You got to have the faith to know that you can too. You can be free, church. Yeah. You're a step away, a choice away from freedom. You have the answer in your hand. You can do that by simply saying, I'm going to let it go. And say those words that you don't want to say. I forgive you. You truly mean it. Let me tell you, when you truly mean it, now you understand God's forgiveness over you. And now you're going to step into freedom. Amen. Let's all stand up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We're standing.